prayer is a rich part of Elizabeth's life. She prays for a few minutes every morning, but once a week on Wednesdays, she devotes a whole hour to prayer. On that day, she gets up a bit early, and she makes a cup of tea, and then she gets her Bible, and then she sits in a chair in her living room with a view that looks out toward the hills. And as she sips her tea, she watches the sun come up over the hills. And then she reads a passage of scripture and begins her time of prayer. Prayer also is a rich part of John's spiritual life, but he experiences it very differently. You see, John's an active person who finds it hard to sit still and pray because if he sits, then his mind wanders. So every morning, John takes a 30-minute prayer walk. He loves walking through the quiet streets of his neighborhood before everyone is awake. He loves the cool morning air. He loves listening to the birds and the trees. And because no one is around, he's able to quietly pray out loud. And he finds that walking and listening to himself pray helps him stay focused on God. These are just two of the many different prayer stories I've collected over the years. And here's what I've discovered. Most people who enjoy prayer, most people who find that prayer is a rich experience that connects them with God, are like Elizabeth and John in one key way. They have established some sort of prayer routine that helps them encounter God. Now, we often use the word routine in a negative way because we tend to think of routines as boring and repetitive tasks. So I increasingly like to use the word rhythm rather than routine because God created us to live in a world that is defined by rhythms to put order into our lives he gave us the rhythm of day and night and the rhythm of the seasons and a healthy spiritual life also has meaningful rhythms such as gathering with the community of faith every Sunday to worship And think how much richer our worship is because of the rhythm of weekly communion. In a similar way, our experience of prayer is much more likely to flourish if we establish some kind of rhythm that helps draw us into the presence of God. In every spiritual rhythm, whether we're aware of it or not, involves our whole person. It involves our bodies as well as our minds. After all, we don't just bring our minds to church. We come to church in our bodies, don't we? And then we use our bodies in worship as we sing, as we sit, as we stand, as we pray, as we celebrate communion. And the same thing can be true when we meet with God alone for prayer. With Elizabeth, that's sitting in her special chair, enjoying the view out her window and sipping her tea. With John, it's the sights and the smells and the sounds of the outdoors and even the sound of his own voice as he walks and talks with God. These repetitive physical actions help to set the stage for their minds to focus on God so they can connect with God through prayer. Now, I find that in the church, we don't talk much about our bodies except to view them as a source of distraction and temptation. And there's a valid reason for that because the Bible has a lot to say about the sins of the flesh. And one reality of life is that we have various bodily appetites that can lure us into ungodly behavior. 
And that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit to discipline our bodies so we don't fall into sin. And yet, at the same time, the Bible also makes it clear that our bodies, yours and mine, are gifts from God. He designed us to honor him with our whole being. And when we are rescued from our sins by Jesus, God wants to redeem our whole person. Listen to these Bible passages that have positive things to say about our bodies in relationship to God. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. King David praises God for the miracle of his body. Because it's a body that was designed and created by God. David recognizes that the intricacy of the human body is a testimony to the handiwork of a majestic God. In other words, the human body is not inherently evil because God does not create bad stuff. The problem is not our bodies. It's what we do with them. And fortunately, when Jesus takes away our sins, he redeems our bodies in an amazing way. As we learn from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now we're told in other parts of the Bible that when we repent of our sins and we are baptized as followers of Jesus, then God sends the Holy Spirit to live within us. And here in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul tells us that this means our bodies become temples. Temples. Your body, my body, becomes a holy dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Now, I, I can explain that, but I don't pretend to fully understand it. It's one of those things that is so glorious as to be beyond my total comprehension. And to have part of God living in me is an incredible gift. Particularly when I realize that this gift was purchased for me at the price of Jesus' bodily death on the cross. How can we properly respond to something so amazing as this? Well, maybe we can respond with profound gratefulness by honoring God with our bodies. Our bodies that through Jesus and the Holy Spirit have been transformed and have become temples of God. It seems to me there's two distinct ways for us to physically honor God. One is to avoid the negative, which means that we flee from bodily sin. And the other is to embrace the positive, which means we use our body for godly purposes. Like the purpose of worship, as Paul mentions in Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
A sacrifice is something that we bring to God and offer to God in worship. And here the Apostle Paul urges us, urges us not to ignore our bodies or to treat them as inherently impure. Instead, he wants us to offer our bodies to God as a holy and pleasing part of worship. And this means that we avoid the negative by keeping our bodies pure. And we embrace the positive by using our bodies to express our worship of God. And one of the great ways that we worship is through prayer. Because when we pray, we humble ourselves before our creator and we acknowledge our dependence on him. And then Paul has this to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Sanctify us to make us pure. Listen to this. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. You see, God wants to make our entire being pure, our spirit, our soul, our body. And he wants to keep all of us, this whole being that represents us. He wants to keep us completely in his care until Jesus comes again and he can do it. If we bring our whole selves to God. And so these Bible passages, and and there are many others as well, they invite us to bring ourselves, our whole selves before God. And we need to recognize that our mind and our will and our emotions, and yes, even our bodies, can help us establish a meaningful rhythm of prayer that helps us to communicate with God. And rather than view our bodies as a distraction from God, we can be intentional about using our physical bodies and the physical senses within our bodies to help us experience the presence of God as we pray. I call this five cents prayer. And I'm not talking about the coin that we call a nickel. I'm talking about the physical senses that God has wonderfully hardwired into our bodies. He wants us to use our senses to help us connect with him. And if you doubt that, then just think about our practice of communion. Why did God give us this special act of worship? Well, one reason is because we can see it and touch it and taste it. Communion is a physical experience with a profound spiritual meaning. And we find its meaning not just because we know what it represents. We find its meaning also because of the way that we physically participate in it. The same thing can be true when we meet God for prayer. We pray with our minds. We also can use our bodies to help us experience God as we pray. And so think again about Elizabeth and John, who I mentioned at the start of the message. You see, for Elizabeth, where she sits, what she sees of God's creation when she looks out the window, well, that's part of a rhythm of prayer. And for John... What he sees and what he hears as he walks the streets and talks aloud with God is part of his rhythm of prayer. And then there's my friend Richard. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, he spends 30 minutes reading his Bible and then 30 minutes in prayer. So do you see the rhythm in that schedule? 
the rhythm that helps this become part of the rhythm of his week. And yet there's more. He always makes a cup of coffee and he walks into his den and he sits down in a big easy chair for his time with God. That's also part of his rhythm. And here's something that recently caught his attention. Richard's not a big coffee drinker. In fact, the only time he ever drinks coffee is on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays as he prays. And one morning he realized that the smell of coffee now mentally triggers thoughts in him of Bible reading and prayer. Because of this repeated practice, he's built a mental connection between a physical activity, making and smelling coffee, spending time with God. And now that he's aware of this, he appreciates his morning cup of coffee even more. It's simply another piece to his rhythm of prayer. It's another element that helps him lay aside distractions and bring his whole person into the moment as he meets with God. And and, and this isn't magical. It's not mystical. It's just being aware of the sensory gifts that God has built into our bodies. And the more aware we become of them, the more we can train our bodies toward godliness. We can train our bodies to help us meet the living God through prayer. Training our bodies to be holy. Now, if this this idea about training our bodies is new to you, or if it strikes you as odd, then consider this. All of us are trained in a basic physical posture of prayer. And I can prove it. If we're in church together and I say, let's pray, I know exactly what most of you will do. Most of you will bow your head and close your eyes and fold your hands. Why do you do that? Because we've been taught that this is an appropriate, respectful, and humble position for our bodies as we pray. And it is. Yet this particular posture for prayer isn't commanded in the Bible. It just happens to be the one that we most commonly use. Because we use it a lot, it's familiar. And because it's familiar for many of us, it's part of our rhythm of prayer. We're using our bodies in a particular way in order to present ourselves to God in prayer. And yet we're not limited to that one approach. In fact, the early church had a very different physical approach to prayer than we do. The first Christians all came out of a Jewish background, and they were taught to stand while they prayed. And they would stand, and they would rock back and forth, back and forth, keeping their bodies moving as they prayed. It was a way to demonstrate that they were bringing their bodies, and not just their minds, into the presence of God. Based on what the Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament, we know that sometimes he he got on his knees to pray as a way to humbly offer his whole person to God. And then think about this. While we usually bow our heads, Jesus sometimes lifted his head and raised his eyes up to heaven. Hmm, Maybe we could pray that way sometimes. And then we also have a record of some of Jesus' prayers because He prayed aloud. Now think about that. Jesus prayed aloud, which means he saw value in hearing himself pray. 
And he saw value in letting others hear him pray. Speaking, hearing, two of our God-given senses that we can use to enrich our experience of prayer for ourselves and for those around us. And that's why in church and in our life groups and in our triads, we often pray aloud. We get to hear ourselves pray and others get to listen to our prayers. And when we do this kind of thing, We're using our physical senses to offer our bodies to God in a way that is holy and pure and pleasing to him. And here's another way to engage our bodies. We can write down our prayers. As we talked about last week, the Apostle Prayer wrote out numerous prayers in the Bible. And he did that so other believers would know not just that he was praying for them, but how he was praying for them. We can write out prayers for one another. We also can write out prayers for ourselves. And I sometimes write down my prayers. And then I like to pray them aloud after I've written them down. And I have to tell you that I can't fully explain it, but, but involving my body in the act of prayer in this way, using the physical sense of touch as I write, The sense of sight as I look down and read the words that I wrote. The sense of speaking as I say the words aloud. The sense of hearing as I listen to myself pray to the God of heaven and earth. Somehow, some way, these things draw me into the experience of prayer in a different way than when I just bow my head and pray silently. And for me, using different physical senses broadens and deepens my experience of prayer. All of these different things that God has given us, I use them to help me bring my whole being into the presence of God. Please understand, we're not required to do any of these things. We're not required. We're just free. We're free to express ourselves to God in a variety of ways because there is no prescribed posture of prayer in the New Testament that we are told to use each and every time. And so you and I are free to establish a rhythm of prayer that works for us. A rhythm of prayer involving our minds and our bodies. A rhythm of prayer that helps us lay aside distractions So we can talk personally with God. This is important because prayer is such a great privilege. And our God does not want our time with him to be a chore or a duty or just a responsibility we finish so we can check off the list. God wants us to look forward to spending time with him. And he wants us to enjoy meeting with him. He wants prayer to be a rich experience for each of us. So discovering and establishing a meaningful rhythm of prayer can help each of us do just that. So I have a question for you. What is your experience of prayer like? Now, if you've established a rhythm of prayer that is working for you, then God bless you. Don't stop. Keep pressing on. But if you struggle to pray, 
or if prayer for you is something of a chore, or if your times of prayer feel like a lifeless routine sometimes, then give yourself the freedom to try new approaches. And to help you do this, I want to share a resource with you. It's a handout that lists the scriptures that I've shared with you this morning, the scriptures that remind us of the blessing of our bodies, along with some suggested ways we can bring our bodies into our times of prayer. There's a link on the home worship page this morning where you can download this handout or print it out. And it's designed as a half sheet so you can fold it and keep it in your Bible for reference. And here's my encouragement to you. Experiment with different postures of prayer. Learn ways to bring your whole self to God. Because as King David wrote, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because as the Apostle Paul wrote, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So discover how you can bring your body to God as part of your act of worship. Take some time to discover and embrace a new normal that will enrich your times of prayer and make them a special moment. A special moment when you get to communicate with our great God. And I pray that God will bless you as you bring your whole self, your spirit, your soul, and your body into your experience of prayer.